glory in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. God bless you richly as you... Amen. Take our seats for a few minutes. I am just laying a foundation for Sunday message. Amen. Just uh, for Sunday message. I think we were blessed last Sunday. Amen. Now, I'm just laying a foundation for Sunday. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, somewhat, uh, we are we are somewhat continuing on the path that we have been on in the last couple of weeks about the mystery of divine healing. Last week we were speaking on the poison of the unforgiving spirit. And tonight I want to continue where we left off and it will just be a phrase or a question that I can put and which is my title who are you? Amen. Who are you? Not what you are. Who are you? Amen. Uh, how many know that there is a difference between who you are and what you are? Amen. Do you know that there is a difference between what you are and who you are? Amen. Amen. When you were a sinner, that's what you were. But even when you were a sinner, who you were, you were a child of God. What you are can change, but who you are can never change. Amen. So that's why we want to ask this question, who are you? And we, can, we will never be able to know what a product is until we refer back to the product manual. Do we agree? Amen. We can't know who you are unless we refer back to the manual that was drafted by, the, by your creator. He would tell us who you are. A lot of people are unhappy because they don't know who they are. Hallelujah. Amen. A lot of people are unhappy because they don't know who they are. Because there is power in identity. Are we together? Amen. Now, in this message, in this scripture that we read, it says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into him. And man became a living soul. Amen. Amen. Now, the, the narrative, especially within the religious world, they always say, you have a soul. They keep on saying, a man has a soul. A man has a soul. An animal does not have a soul. But I want to change it slightly and say, you are a soul, you have a body. Uh, are you together? Uh, the body is not you, but the soul is you. The body is your dwelling place, or the body is your dwelling place, but who you are, it is a soul. That's why this evening we say, who are you? We are going in to look into the soul realm. Are you still with me? Now, I deliberately read this scripture, keep their heart, meaning gut your heart, for out of it are the issues of life. Why is the Bible encouraging us to guard our heart? Now, 
Remember again, I want to remind you of the phrase that we spoke about. A human heart was made to be. The human mind was made. The human heart was made to be. Yes, amen. And I've gone back. If you can give me something to point at the presentation, the moment it comes up. Amen. There's a few things that I would want to show there. Amen. Now, Brother Brenham says in this message, or let me uh, give you some remark on the scripture that I just read in Genesis 2, verse 7. It says, thank you, Brother Fanny. It says, then the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. What made man to become a living soul is because he, the breath, God breathed his breath into a man. And then man became a living soul. Are you still with me? Now, Brother Branham comes, he speaks about the Jehovah Witness in this message, Blasphemer's Name. He says, paragraph 184, he says, but here, Jehovah Witness in their book, it says that the breath that you breathe is the soul. That means as I'm breathing the oxygen, breathe in and breathe out, they are insinuating that that is the soul. So, Brother Branham says, the breath, now, now that cannot be right. The breath that you breathe is not soul. If you are one time, because there are places that has got cleaner eh? and there are places that have the dirtier eh? and we know with Benke, uh, we are the coal manufacturing town and it is then the record that we have uh, somewhat the, the dirtiest air in the whole world. So that would mean that if we are in Whitbank, we breathe a certain type of air, and in Cape Town, they bring a certain, breathe a certain type of air, that means the souls will not be the same if we were to go with the doctrine of Jehovah's Witness. So it is nonsensical. Amen. Now, look, you would be, now, the breath is the wind, and wind is what you breathe into your nostrils. Then they take the scripture back and God breathed breath, breath into nostrils and he became a living soul. Now, I want to ask you something. If he was a man, what kind of a breath was he breathing before God breathed his breath of life into him? See what kind of breath. He was breathing, living. Well, then, if that be so, then every animal is a living soul because they breathe a human soul. And our soul and all together, then Jesus wouldn't have had to, to die. The animal sacrifice would have been sufficient. So, the, so, brother, the argument doesn't stand. But what God did, he breathed the breath of life. Amen. Then he became a living soul, a soul that can die. Now, it doesn't say the body won't die. The body will die, but the soul will never die. Your, soul will your body will perish, but your soul will never perish. Now, we are going to get into honey, plumb to, uh, plum to your elbows. Notice, breath to the breath of eternal life into his nostrils, and he became an eternal soul. Because God breathed, not what nature did, 
But what God did breathed the breath of life into his nostrils, and he became a living soul. And now Brother Bram comes, he says, paragraph 232, in the same message, I'm still in the same message. The church is the mystical body of Christ, born of the breath of God. Did you get it? The church of God is born of the breath of God. So God breathed into the nostrils, spiritually, of Adam, and he became a living soul. Do you understand? Do you know the Pentecostal or the true Pentecostal is born of the breath of God? Church born of the breath of God. When this Tasha has molded itself up in condition, God, God's breath breathes upon them, receive the Holy Ghost, then you are a son of God. You can join anything you want to, but you are born into the church of the living God, born by the breath of God. God breathed upon them and said, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Oh my, there you are. When you become a child of God, you are born by the breath of God. Hallelujah. That's what Brother Brenham speaks about. Now, just bring my presentation up there on the screen so that we get going. Now, remember, before you do anything, you, if, if you read, as believers, we are allowed to read. You can read all sorts of books. But after you have read, you must come back to the original book. Uh, hallelujah. And as ministers, we read quite a lot of things. But first, we must come back to the parameters of Malachi 4. Are we together? Because if it is outside the message, no matter how sensible it is, it must be rejected. Are you still with me? I hope we are together. Now, this, this is our normal, our normal structure of a human being where the prophet says, you are a triune being. Now, I, I've, seen, I've seen a lot of philosophers, scientists, uh, behavioral scientists, neurological scientists trying to come up with where to put the soul, where to put the spirit, where to put the body, where to put the mind. Uh, then they just come up with confusion. Now, now they are confused because they are beginning to realize that the brain is not the mind. Uh, hallelujah. The brain is not the mind. Are you still with me? The brain, it's a bunch of cells in this skull. But that is not the mind. Are you still with me? That's why the Bible says, let the mind, not the brain, let the mind that was in Christ be in you. Hallelujah. Now, it, now, it's beginning to teach you that uh, there is, a, there is, a, there is a, a depth in this subject of the brain versus the mind. Because uh, uh, I'll come back to that. Now, am I able to control here? Amen. Your, your mind has got what they call neurons. It has nerves. It has the entire 
bunch of cells in your brain. Are, are you still with me? Now, but here's something very interesting that I, I was wondering. I said they've managed to be able to do a kidney transplant. They've managed to do the marrow transplant. They've managed to do the heart transplant, but they've never done the head transplant. Actually, I think it was last year, there is a Russian man who wanted to, because I think he had a, a, a regressive uh, 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 genetic disease, and then he wanted to, uh, to go for a head transplant. And he, he, was, he had a doctor from Italy that was responsible to do that operation. They had simulated it and they wanted to do it. It was going to be the world's first brain transplant. But what happened today, as they were planning, uh, <clears throat> the man chickened out. So that means he, he lost the heart. Amen. He didn't have the courage to go with the, the process. So they, they, and I definitely was going to die. I'm not, being I'm not being pessimistic. And I said, why all the organs can be changed, but the head cannot be changed? There must be spiritual significance. You, you can never, you, you, are, you are replaceable. No one is irreplaceable. But Christ is irreplaceable because Christ is the headship. Are you, are you still with me? There is only, you can only have one head for the rest of your life. You can never receive a new hate. Ah, this is wonderful. The church only has one hate, and that's Christ himself. There is no transplant that can give you a new hate. All right. Now, the, the, then they are getting confused. They say, well enough, They, they, they are deliberating and say, then, yes, we know where the brain is. But where is the mind? Uh, hallelujah. Is the mind in the head? Is the mind in the gut? Is the mind in the heart? Basically, at the early stages, they only said, only the brain has the capacity to think. Now, they were disputing the scripture where the scripture is saying, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Then they said, the heart has got no thinking uh, mental faculty. But as time went by, when they performed some of the heart transplant, they picked up that, uh, I, I know there is a certain lady that uh, received a new heart. And after she received a new heart, I'm told that she was just a res somebody that was quite reserved. And all of a sudden, she was bubbly. She moved from being an introvert to extrovert. Now, they were wondering whether the tra heart transplant had any impact on her behavioral pattern. And now, they are getting into studies where they are trying to find out that it seems like certain people that received new hearts, they as well received the memory of the hearts of the people that they received these hearts from. It's a science that they are busy with. But here's something, don't get carried away with it. If, as a message believer, maybe you become an organ donor, which I don't find, I don't have any problem with that. 
If you are an organ donor and you donate your heart, you die, and this moment you die, they harvest your heart while it is still healthy, then they put it into the new patient. If that man was a drunkard, he is still going to be a drunkard with your heart. The, your, the new heart is not going to bring him to church. Now, the question would be, if your heart was converted, why when it is moved into another body, it is not converted? It's because it is not only the, 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 the tangible part. There are certain things that are not tangible, that are exclusively to one individual. Let's put it this way. If I'm sitting on the chair and I move from the chair, or I'm sitting, maybe I can put it maybe as an analogy, your heart is the throne. And Brother Branham says, your soul is in your heart. Do you believe that? I'm, I'm laying foundation here for Sunday, folks. I might not read that much. You will read more on Sunday. Brother Bram says, the scientists have discovered that there is a certain compartment in a human heart that does not have blood flow. It is there dominant. Now they are beginning to say, it could be a place where the soul is. Now your prophet comes, he says, now they have proven it. He doesn't disprove them. He says, now they are taking the right line in investigating the matter. Are you still we are we together? Now here, here, your heart is the throne in which you stay. Now, if they perform a transplant and they harvest your heart, you have left the throne. Hallelujah. And if they move the throne into somebody's place, he needs to come on your throne, but it cannot be you. While he's sitting on your throne. I don't know whether are we together here. Okay. You will understand as we move. Now. You have the heart. The brain. And the gut. Business people like Brother Mpanyan and Brother Dipadi will say. Uh, I followed my gut. Or I had a gut feeling. In business world they speak about the gut. Okay. The gut is more like your digestive it, it, digestive system is part of your gut. Now, let's put it this way. Now, they, they are beginning to say, maybe we've been looking at the brain only, neglecting the heart, but it seems like the heart plays a role in the interface of the mind. And we have left the gut, but it seems like the gut as well. Isn't it the case where certain food, when you eat them, you become happy. Why food would change how you feel? It's because of the I don't know whether we're together. We are, we are talking on the natural so that I must not lose you when we migrate to the spiritual things. Now, Brother Brenham speaks something. He says, there are certain people that you just love to be in their presence because of the atmosphere that they create. Now, science is beginning to 
has made tests. They say actually your heart has got some magnetic, electromagnetic field. That means as where you, as you stand, they can be able several feet away from you, they can measure the electricity of your heart. Hallelujah. But they call it the electronic, electromagnetic field of the heart. They don't know what they call, but your prophet comes, he calls it the atmosphere that follows you wherever you go. Uh, stay with me, you'll understand. A man came to my house, I think it was one of the technical people of the ADT. He came, he was fixing something, there was something wrong with the alarm system, came to fix it, and I, I told him where the problem was, but he told me that what I thought was the problem is not the problem then I realized that I can't win, maybe I'm the problem. Then he tried to, to fix the problem. Later he realized that actually what I said was the problem was really a problem. So the problem was him. <laughs> now, what happened is, after we fixed everything that needed to be fixed, then I was signing off his job card. Then as I was signing, I was about to sign, he stopped and he said, are you a pastor? There is nothing that shows that I'm a pastor in the house. There are things that show that I'm a Christian, but surely not a pastor. Then I said, yes, I am. How do you know? He says, no, I can feel it. I, I didn't tell him that I'm a pastor. We never spoke about God. Actually, we even disagreed for that matter about what needed to be fixed. But despite our disagreement, he walked into my, he called it an anointing. I call it an atmosphere. He walked into an atmosphere around me. Come on, believers. It's not only Pastor Madiba that goes through that. You are going through that as believers. Are there people that ever approach you and say, are you a Christian? And brother, let me say, give me five minutes with a man. I will tell you whether he's a Christian or not. It's because you transmit a certain atmosphere. Science is calling that electromagnetic field of the heart. I'm going to show you something here. Am I still able to? Now, we say a human heart was made to be... Now... They, they put a patient, patients that were going through negative emotions. And they put whatever meter, that they, whatever instrument that they call it, that's why you see those graphs there. Then they found out that, uh, and they tempted this, they say, a person that has got an incoherent heart. Incoherent, that means there are certain things that, is, that are affecting your state of being. You are, you are unhappy about something. Then when they measured, they saw that this is the, the graph that it was showing. Because this patient was showing uh, feelings of frustration, anxiety, worry, and irritation. Then they performed to those that were feeling positive and appreciative, love and care. Then they found that there were these spirals, very smooth. Do you see? Now, if scientists can, 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 can be able to measure the happiness of the heart and can measure when the heart is under a strain, 
there is, there is something more to the heart than what meets the human heart. Now, why is your prophet saying a human heart was meant to be happy? And he comes and says, when you are happy, it will be difficult for Satan to make you sick. Why is he saying you need to be? And, and how do you generate the happiness of the heart? The happiness of the heart that you generate, yes, material things can make you happy up to a point. But they come with their own share of frustration. Are you still with me? Yeah. There is nothing that can make a human heart happy except for the human heart to be reconnected back to its own maker. Why am I saying that? It's because they are looking at this and trying to measure this. But little do they know that the soul is in the heart. Are you still with me, folks? I hope we are together. Brother Brenham says, this is just another thing that we just need to confuse Satan on. In the message, demonology, leave it uh, that diagram as it is, demonology, paragraph 18. I'm saying I'm laying the foundation for Sunday. He says, many times you can see a person maybe of insanity. Now, they may be yet a converted person filled with the Holy Spirit and yet be totally insane. Now, this, you can teach this to a Pentecostal, that somebody can be in a mental institution Totally insane, but yet be filled with the Holy Ghost. And Brother Brenham, when he continues in this quotation, he says, that's right. That has nothing to do with the soul. Insanity has nothing to do, I'm speaking about the natural insanity. Because spiritual insanity has to do with the soul. But the, the natural insanity has got nothing to do with the soul. So a brother can lose his mind. He's still a brother. A brother can be insane and still be filled with the Holy Ghost. So next time when you meet a mad person, don't conclude that they're not the children of God. They may be filled with the Holy Ghost, but as the prophet say, you may be filled with the Holy Ghost every hour and still die and go to hell. Oh, you can preach this to the Pentecostal. Filled with the Holy Ghost every hour and die and go to hell. Then you and I are the ones that understand what he meant. Because it is not only about the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It is the baptism of the Holy Ghost and as well the realm at which it is taking place. If it takes place on the body realm and you die, you go to hell. If it takes place in the spirit realm and you die, you go to hell. But if it gets hold of your soul, hallelujah, if the Holy Ghost gets hold of your soul, you have reached a point of no return. God can never disown you. Hallelujah. But if the Holy Ghost is on the body realm, he can say, go away, you do us of iniquity. 
If it is in the spirit, you can say, go away, you doers of iniquity. But when it is in your soul, you are intertwined with God. Yes. That means if you go to hell, God is going to hell. Because now you have become one with God. Do you understand what we are talking about? Now, I say, you are a soul. You are a soul that has a body rather than a body that has a soul. That means you are a soul. And just to focus how, I like how the Bible would count the human beings. In the second book, uh, 1 Peter 3, verse 20, it says, you don't have to look for, for it, I'll quote it here. He says, which sometimes were disobedient when once the long suffering of God waited in the days of Noah, while the ark was a preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water. Not eight bodies, eight souls. Then in your book of Acts 2 verse 41, it says, then they that lately received his weight were baptized. And the same day, they were added unto them about 3,000 souls, not bodies. When God looks at a human being, he looks at souls. We are looking at bodies. That is why when you look at a body, you can have classes of people. The higher one, the lower one. But souls before God are equal. Are you still with me? In our bodies, definitely, folks, we are not the same. There are some uh, fast runners, some have broken all well records, some are great business people, some are, are, are gifted in whatever way. But however, in a soul realm, we are equal. And we are the same. Are, are you still with me? I hope you are still with me. Now, bring the scripture, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 45. It says, and so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. That means life-giving. Now, Brother Brenham, when he explains about a human being, just bring this quotation, Brother, question and answers, paragraph 54. He says here, now, when a little baby is born under the mother's heart, and you little children that understand this thing, see, the Lord gave you to mother. She carried you under her heart because you are close to her heart. Then one day, the Lord came down and delivered you from the mother's heart, from away from her heart, but you will always be in her heart. Now, while this little body is formed, Little natural body formed in the mother. There is a spiritual body of the earth ready to receive this natural body as soon as it is born. So that means when a child, the conception takes place, and we know that the first thing that gets formed is the heart. And from time to time, 
when you go, sisters, to the uh, Ghana, uh, Ghana colleges, a lot of times you would speak more about the heartbeat. At no point in time do they speak about the breathing of the baby. Because Brother Branham says right there, there is no life. It is just the jerking of the muscles. Are you still with me? But I'm going to paraphrase this. Then he says, now the baby is born with life muscles, a beating heart, but no breath of life in it. So you can be alive without the breath. Are you still with me? Let me not be get excited. Now, the baby is born with live muscles, a beating heart, but no breath of life in it. It's muscles twitching. Then see, if there was something different from that, if there wasn't a spirit that had to come into it later, then our breath could leave us. So this evening, the reason you are alive, the reason you have come to church is not because you are breathing. It is because there is a, a supernatural element in the body that is able to keep the spirit and the matter together. But the departure of that supernatural being results in what we call death. Then your prophet comes and says, what is the meaning of death? He says, it's a separation. And he says, when Jesus died on the cross, the body went into the tomb. The spirit went back to the Lord that gave it. And the soul went into hell to preach to the soul that refused the message during the time of Noah. But it says on the day of the resurrection, the spirit came down and picked up the soul. And they both picked up the body. There was the resurrection. Are you still with me? Now... It says then, see, if there was something different from that, if there wasn't a spirit that had to come into it later, then our breath could leave us. And we would breathe no more and still be alive. But when this body doesn't receive oxygen or breath intake or outtake of our lungs, then we are dead. Now, and this is what we would understand. That's why some people, they would put them on life machine. And the doctors will say, he's there, but he's no longer there just waiting for us to switch off the machine. What is happening? They, they tell you that the person is long gone, but yet the body is still alive. But mechanically so. What makes, it the, what makes the body to be alive is not just the breathing. It is because another being... What, what is birth? The birth, it means another being stepped into a little body. And death, it means the same being that came at birth is living on your deathbed. Are you still with me? So that means that throughout your life, you might have thought your body is yourself, but it's not yourself. And young people today are committing suicide because I'm too big, I'm too fat, I'm too short. That's nonsense. That's not who you are. Who you are, it is invisible to the naked eye. But you are staying in a body, which is your house. And through that body, which is the windows of the body, which is your eye, you are looking at the world. And the prophet comes and says, the five senses were given to a human being to interact with the environment. Amen. But you are not this beast. Amen. 
There is another being in you that is not part of this beast. This one will die, but the other one will never die. Are you still with me? Now, the question would be, are you measuring yourself based on your visible part or the invisible part? But if you are measuring yourself with visible part, that's vanity. But measuring yourself on the invisible part, things that are not visible are eternal. Are you still with me? Now, Brahman says, the little baby is dropped to the earth from the mother's heart. Dropped, you understand what I'm, I'm saying? Uh, and it says, when the little baby is dropped, what happens? As soon as it comes, if it doesn't start crying, the doctor, midwife, whatever, will spank the baby. Why are they spanking the baby? The baby is alive. The baby was kicking in the mother's womb. But as soon as the baby comes, there is no life. And the, the doctor and the midwife have got to spank the baby. And what are they doing? They want the baby to catch the first breath. And what would make the baby to catch the, best, the first breath? There must be another supernatural element during that natural birth for the baby to become a living soul. Are you still with me? And it says, excuse me, notice, a mother, she can be so mean and cruel, but just before the baby is born, there is a certain kindness that sets in. Did you ever notice a mother, when she's to be a mother, there is something sweet about her. She always takes on that sweetness. It's because that the little angel, little spirit, a little messenger to this little tabernacle that is ready to come forth into the world. So as the mother has got the natural formation, outside there is a certain spirit that is moving around the mother. It's an angelic spirit. It is a supernatural body of that baby. Now, supernatural body we can use theophany, but Brother Bram comes and says, theophany is your soul. And later he comes and says, you know that your subconscious is your soul. Now, he's connecting the soul, the body, spiritual body, and as well as the mind all together. Are you, are you with me? Now it says then, when this little angel comes into the body, that's a little angel of the earth, a spirit that's ordained of God to take this body. Then that baby has to have a choice, and it makes its decision. Then when this takes place, then you see the angel of the Lord now comes in there. So we speak now, now we'll speak about a man. Within a man. And within a man. Did you catch that one? You are a man. But within you, there is an inner man. And within that inner man is Christ himself. Why? If God is perfected in three, you are perfected in three. There must be justification, sanctification, and baptism of the Holy Ghost. 
There must be the first court and the second court and the third court. There must be Father, Son, and Holy Ghost because God is perfected in three. There must be a Son of Man, Son of God, Son of David. God is perfected in three. You are perfected in three. Body, spirit, and soul. But furthermore, there is Christ in you. And furthermore, there is an inner man in you. The inner man and Christ are intertwined. Did you catch that one? Do you believe these things, folks? Now, Brother Brum says, in the message, the second coming, paragraph 80, he says there is, such a, there is such a thing as an intellectual faith. Here, a few weeks ago, now, science, well, maybe let me just read it. He says, I read something that it was on the radio, that just thrilled my heart. When it said that, you know, God said, as a man thinketh in his heart, the scripture, out of the heart, the scientists said that God got everything mixed up. There was no mental faculties in the heart to think with. He has to think with his mind. And when they were referring to the mind, they are referring to the head. His mind was the only thing that he could think of, and that was his heart. That was his mind. But God just made a mistake. That's what the sentence was saying. When he said heart, he meant, brother, say, when he said heart, he meant heart. A few weeks ago, medical science found that in the center of the human heart is a tiny little place that doesn't have blood cell or anything around it. The claim is the occupation of the soul. Animals doesn't have it. So after all, God was right. Brother Bram is affirming what science is finding out. He says, after all, God was right. So within your heart, there is a little compartment that does not have a blood cell. And the signs say it's an occupation of the spirit. Then Brother Rumi, when he goes on, he calls it the control room. And he says when Christ comes into that control room, he controls the whole structure. And when Christ is in that room, you exhibit, you transmit a certain atmosphere wherever you go. So all matters begin in the heart. That's why the Bible says, guard your heart diligently because out of it flows the matters of their life. Amen. And the Bible says, men's heart are? Men's heart are? Men's heart are failing. What makes men's heart fa to fail? There's something that has happened. There is a wrong spirit that is occupying the control room. And how do you become, how do you become happy? As a Christian. And this message, that's where you will you'll really enjoy it. The Bible says, God formed man. Are you with me? The Hebrew word for that is the word yata, which means to mold, to shape, and to form. So that means God as a porter, he formed this stature called a man. And then the word is soul. In Hebrew, it means, I don't know whether I'm pronouncing it correctly, but it means nefesh. 
meaning an animated, breathing, conscious, and living being. Are you still with me? But then the word, Brother Bruno said, when I was in Africa, the thought that when we speak about God being a spirit, we speak about Omoya. And it says, that's not, a, a, not just a wind. God is not a wind. He's higher than a wind. He's a living being. Therefore, the soul is not just the breathing. The soul is your real self. And actually, we have never met you in this life. We have met where you stay. But we don't know who you are. And the message today, even yourself, you didn't know who you were. You thought you were a bunch of bones and flesh until the message had to introduce you to yourself. You thought the formation was a man. Out of the dust of the earth, God formed a man. You thought, this is it. But later we find out, after the formation, God took the man that he made in his own likeness and in his own image, and he put him in this fleshly tabernacle. But within you, there is a part that looks and walks and behaves like God. But the problem with the beast, we are measuring ourselves based on this beast. This beast will fail. This beast has got ups and downs. This beast, especially when it moves into an area where whatever it looks it can't get, it gets very, very much affected. But there must be a part of you that is beyond this beast. And that part, it must be your soul. That part must be a supernatural being in your natural body. This will die. But that won't die. This was born. That one that was never born. This has got beginning of days. That does not have the beginning of days. We are here trying to introduce you to yourself. You thought you knew who you are, but you didn't know who you are. Today we are, intro we are coming and say, within you there is a higher being. Science is not aware of it. People that you stay with are not aware with, but that being is dead. Brother Bremo, they asked him a question. What is the difference between the Genesis chapter 1 man and the Genesis chapter 2 man? He says, no, there is no difference. The only difference, he says, the Genesis chapter 2 man is the expression of the Genesis 1 man in a natural form. I can't touch you. I can't shake your hand, but I must shake the hand of the house in which you stay in. And one day, they will call us and say, she's gone. He's gone. You'll be laying there on the bed. They would have covered you with a sheet and would know she used to stay here. He used to stay here, but he's no longer here. Where is he? He has gone back to where he was before he came into the body. Because the body was not him. We will take the body and carry it into the mushari. You, real self, can never be locked up in a fridge. We will take your body, put it in a box, 
by your soul. There is no box that can contain your soul. We will take your box and put it into the ground and cover it and put a tombstone. We can never put a tombstone on your soul. You were in the body and now you are out of the body. Are you still here both? That's why Paul says, I know a man in Christ. Whether he was in the body or out of the body, but such a man, I know. You are not seeing me this evening. You are seeing the instrument that I use to talk to you. I don't see you. I just see where you stay. Hallelujah. But death, brother, say death is to develop the negative to the positive. Because I'm looking at the shadow. But when you leave the body, you are no longer a shadow. Now you are a positive. The way God saw you before the foundation of the world. We are going to get into these things, folks, until we get it. And another thing that we would have to get into, you will understand what we mean when we speak about consciousness. Our seven Adventist brethren, they don't believe in consciousness. But we believe that when you leave this body, you are conscious. You don't lose consciousness. The body loses consciousness, but you don't lose consciousness. It's like the rich man that said, why don't you send Lazarus here just to give me water? Why don't you send the prophet down to speak to my brethren? Why does he remember, although he is not in the body? It's because you don't lose consciousness after death. And now, the question is, the reason you come to church I want you to hear. The reason you come to church, I see a lot of times we enjoy music, we enjoy, just enjoy this outward play. But the real person is the one inside. And if you can approach life, not through this being, but through another being, then that's when the prophet says, man is omnipotent. Which man? Not this man. This one is limited. This one at some point, 11 o'clock, you'll be, even if you are the strongest of strongest, sleep humbles us all. We have to sleep at some point in time. But when you are sleeping, your subconscious does not sleep. And your prophet says your subconscious is your soul. And in your subconscious, I've said it many times in this church, when your subconscious is activated, and the only mechanism to activate the subconscious is a means of dreams. There's never been a time where you dreamt and in your dream, you said, ah, I'm going to try this, but hey, it's difficult, I won't do it. In your dream, even if when you are without a passport, even when you have never been on an airplane, but you will end up in America. Come on, folks. This must be communicating something that there is something within us that can never be limited by natural environment. And coming to church, we want to connect that part to control your entire structure. Then when we do that, things that are extraordinary look ordinary. Are you still with me? We'll carry on on Sunday. God bless you.
as we stand to our feet. How many believe that there is an atmosphere around you? Amen. Amen. Now you understand why. Sometimes you go for a job interview or you go for a business proposal. And then before you get there, you will read it and say, ah, I know everything like a, a sister told me and said, look, I know if I get into an interview and I find out that there is a woman interviewing me, it's going to go wrong. And surely they all went terribly wrong. The problem is that her atmosphere, what the scientists will call it the electromagnetic field, and we call it an atmosphere, as she's moving into that boardroom, because it can be sensed five meters away, they, they can sense negative vibration. Where is it coming from? The attitude. Where is the attitude? Product of the mind. Where is the mind? It's an, it's, 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 it cannot be confined to the brain, even to the heart. So you see, be, how things happen in your life, it begins with you. There are people that just assume that everybody loves them and everybody loves them. There are people that assume that everybody is happy with me and everybody becomes happy with them. And there are people that say, ah, I have a bad luck, everything is wrong, everyone, they don't like me, eh, surely people are not going to like you. It is not them. They are reacting to what is in your heart. Do you believe that? Let's sing it. We'll continue and delve more into this on Sunday. It surely should, would be very interesting. Holy book is all